WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Turn that mic up. There we go. All right. Yep, that's me. Good morning. It is Friday, December 29th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. A mix of sun and clouds today, high 56. Uh, Saturday, partly cloudy, high 48. And then Sunday, New Year's Eve day, uh, sun and clouds, high 47. If you're one of those people who will be in Times Square on Sunday night, it's a good year to go. The weather's going to be nice, not too cold. If you are walking out the door with us right now, 46 and cloudy in Valley Cottage up in Rockland County. It is 49 and cloudy in Piscataway down in New Jersey. And it's 47 and cloudy here in Midtown. A whole lot to get to as we work our way up to a special edition of Sit and Friends in the Morning coming up at 6 o'clock. Hold on a moment. I'm still uh, working out my voice here, and you don't really want to hear it when I actually have to work it out. So I uh, had to take a little break there. 501. Um, some crazy stuff going on in the city over the last, like, 12 hours. Some of it while you were awake. Some of it while you were uh, sleeping. Crazy scene in terms of a box truck. So we don't know who he is, but a 48-year-old guy stole a box truck, you know, one of those small little trucks, um, W.B. Mason one, you know, the paper company, in New Jersey. And he took cops on a chase from New Jersey into uh, Staten Island, this really destructive chase where he hit tons of cars, smacked into a lot of police cars. Uh, NYPD cops on Staten Island were alerted that this truck was on the loose um, he apparently at one point, this driver got out of that WB Mason truck, stole two other cars. This was all about seven o'clock last night, then was bored of those two cars, got back into the WB Mason truck and took cops on a chase through um, Bishop Street, Cranford Avenue, all in the Stapleton section of uh, Staten Island. Here were cops last night. Oh, we attempted to stop him. He put his vehicle in reverse and struck one of our police cars. As he tried to drive away, he dragged the police car, I would say, about 30 to 40 feet before it detached. Yeah, he messed up a bunch of NYPD cops' cars. Uh, He took police on a chase. It was probably about five miles. Uh, It spanned two police precincts across Staten Island. The driver rammed at least 18 vehicles with the truck, including three police cars. Um, The wet streets uh, had him sort of sliding back and forth. At one point, officers, NYPD cops, called for aviation support so they could figure out where this guy was. They started to close off streets and bridges to slow down traffic. Of course, they didn't want anybody to get hit by this driver. Then finally, this 48-year-old, who we still don't know a whole lot about this morning, at some point he lost control of that WB Mason truck. And he plowed into a row of parallel parked cars on Van Dusen Street, uh, near Beach Street. Uh, this neighbor heard it. It was really loud. It was just a loud crashing noise. And all we just saw was the chaos. And they said that it was a it was turning into a crime scene at that very moment. Like all the cop cars were in every direction. Yeah, we were watching the surveillance video this morning. Shows this domino of destruction when the truck flew out of control, slammed into these row of parked cars. He then 
jumps out of this truck and he takes police on a chase. Four officers uh, were able to grab him. Uh, in all, 18 people were hurt. But the good news here is all the injuries are very minor. But the destruction this guy left behind was really unbelievable. Everybody's safe. Everybody's okay. So it's like you got to look at it in the upside. None of those people were hurt. And um, at the end of the day, the cops did their job. They made sure that they kept everyone safe and that they secured this area and that they also apprehended the, the person who did, created all this mess. All right, so you're probably asking the question that I'm asking this morning. Why did he do it? We don't know the answer to that. Uh, what we do know is he's facing a slew of charges, I imagine, as the morning wears on. The NYPD will release more details and hand it over to us. And, of course, we'll then hand it over to you. Also last night... Maine's top election official removing former President Trump from the state's 2024 Republican primary ballot. Of course, that's what they did to the former president in Colorado, though he's back on the ballot in Colorado now pending an appeal that will go to the Supreme Court. Maine Secretary of State Shenna Bellows made that decision Thursday, saying in a statement that Trump was aware of the likelihood for violence and that he encouraged it with incendiary rhetoric and took no timely action to stop it, on January the 6th, 2021. Trump will almost certainly appeal the decision, with it likely being taken up by the Supreme Court. Colorado is the only other state to rule Trump off its primary ballot, although the state Supreme Court's decision was stayed following an appeal this week. I'm Mark Mayfield. We're watching as New York City losing national chain stores, apparently at a record rate. You've probably noticed this yourself, that some of those big chain stores in your neighborhood now gone. And there's big empty spaces. I see this on the east side, right outside our studios. Tons of open space. I mean, like I've never seen in my lifetime. A study from the Center for an Urban Future finds that consumers have fewer chain store options before COVID. The number of chain store options has gone down about 1,000 stores, which is just over a 3% downtick. Manhattan definitely hit the hardest with some 545 fewer chain stores now than there were back just in 2019. The latest study breaks a two-year streak of what we thought was some modest recovery after this plunge back in 2020. But it now seems going back to the days of pulling those stores off the streets, of course, it makes it harder to find some things that people need if their stores are not in their neighborhood. I'm Lori Blanchard, Talk Radio 77 WABC. WABC News Time 509. Let's go back to the border. Secretary of State Antony Blinken pledging to work with the president of Mexico amid the surge of migrants flooding the U.S. border with that new migrant caravan made of thousands making its way through Mexico. You had the Democratic mayors this week in several cities, of course, like New York, Mayor Adams, Bracing themselves. We expect the surge to intensify in the coming days and weeks. Now, Blinken said on social media that they made it clear, meaning the U.S., that the U.S. is committed to partnering with Mexico to address what he called the mass migration coming to the U.S. Unless we can stop this flow through Mexico, our resources are overwhelmed. And that is, you know, even after we spend billions on border security. Chicago Democratic Mayor Brandon Johnson begging for help with more migrant surges likely ahead. We cannot do this alone. We need more support from the federal government. And then South Carolina Republican Senator Lindsey Graham says he took off for the holiday break because of lack of progress on passing a border security bill. I said, I'm out of here. 
I'm not going to sit here and vote on a bill that won't do anything. Secretary Blinken led this uh, U.S. delegation into Mexico City on Wednesday to discuss migration with the president there. He says that those meetings went well, but we haven't hold, heard a whole lot about what it's going to do in terms of those migrants that are still flowing over the border. Out to uh, Colorado, 510, Colorado Congresswoman Lauren Boebert going to be changing districts in her bid to continue representing the state and Congress. Uh, she implied in her announcement yesterday that her departure from the 3rd District to the 4th District will help Republicans retain the seat. It's the right move for me personally, and it's the right decision for those who support our conservative movement. This is the right move for Colorado, for us. She barely won the race against the Democrat last time around. She currently serves 3rd Congressional District, which includes a Pueblo and the western slope of Colorado. That means staying in the fight. But it also means not allowing Hollywood elites and progressive money groups to buy the 3rd District, a seat that they have no business owning. No doubt, Democrats poured a ton of money into that race. 5-11, let's go overseas. A second American who was taken hostage by Hamas. Uh, is dead Judy Hagai. Judy Hagai is from Goshen, New York. Now, she hasn't lived there in 30 years, but she moved to Israel 30 years ago, and um, Israel is one of the countries where you can hold on to both passports. It's been a little confusing when they say these Americans are being held hostage. Yes, she's still American, but she had not lived in America in 30 years. But either way, terrible story. She died. There are conflicting stories if she was either ever held hostage or if she actually died on October 7th. Either way, the family getting confirmation that she passed away. There are still 129 Israelis being held by Hamas in Gaza. We are uh, moving our operations forward in order to bring the hostages home, every last one of them. That's an Israeli Defense Force lieutenant talking about the hostage situation. Governor Hochul uh, sending out a message yesterday to the family, uh, Judy Hagai's family, saying that uh, they have uh, she has them in her heart. The Israeli Defense Force uh, Lieutenant Colonel, we just heard from Peter Lerner, says uh, Israel is still at war with Hamas, and part of that reason, of course, is to bring these hostages home. We are moving forward against their strong strongholds, whether they're uh, tunnel systems, their positions um, throughout the Gaza Strip. Now, Judy Hagai's husband, he was pronounced dead last week. So now uh, they were kidnapped together. Now, again, there's no confirmation that she was actually kidnapped. Uh, conflicting reports, but either way, now confirmation, unfortunately, that both were are dead. We are utilizing all of our intelligence capabilities, all of our operational capabilities, in order to create the operational opportunity to bring home hostages safe and sound. Yeah, so the war between Israel and Hamas just continues to rage on in the uh, Gaza Strip. Jay Gray, who is a reporter, says the offense is expanding outside of Gaza City. The IDF now saying it is targeting some of the refugee camps in that area, calling the areas, quote, a new battlefield. Former Israeli military chief, current member of the war cabinet, Benny Gantz, said yesterday that time's running out for a negotiated end to the fighting with the Palestinian group. Gantz also warned Israel could increase military activity against Hezbollah now as they've been launching rockets into Israel from the north. Hamas has mingled in amongst those who have left their homes for an area that they were told would be safe and now must find somewhere else to go. 
The fighting is very intense in very densely populated urban areas, and uh, the IDF says that they will continue this effort for as long as necessary. Yeah, I mean, it is a mess. This comes as thousands of Palestinians fleeing Israel's growing ground defensive in the southern and central parts of Gaza. Most of Gaza's population has been displaced. More than a half a million people currently facing starvation, that according to the U.N. Russian President Vladimir Putin has invited the Indian Prime Minister Modi to Moscow next year uh, for a bilateral summit. India has emerged as a key energy partner for Moscow, which is still reeling from the shock of Western sanctions. Russian officials say India-Russia trade has grown in 2023 as compared to the last year. India and Russia regularly hold bilateral summits when leaders of either countries meet. It's expected that Prime Minister Narendra Modi will visit Moscow next year for a summit, a sign experts say of durable ties between two nations. Ishan Garg, New Delhi. 520, Nikki Haley, you'll remember maybe earlier this week, or you may not have heard this, that uh, someone asked her about the causes and the reasons for the Civil War, and she never mentioned slavery during her answer. It was during a town hall they held in New Hampshire. Well, she tried to clarify those comments yesterday. We know the Civil War was about slavery, but it was also more than that. She faced uh, widespread criticism for failing to mention slavery as a cause of the war during the town hall. During a radio interview yesterday, said um, she was sorry that she didn't mention it. And she said it should be obvious to all that slavery was a big part of the Civil War. Individual liberties, freedom for every single person. That should be the goal of what we always try and take away from that. But we always want to remember the lesson of what it means to be a free individual and that everyone deserves to be a free individual. 521, the largest private Christian university in the U.S. is being taken to court now. The Federal Trade Commission revealed that a lawsuit was filed accusing Grand Canyon University in Arizona of false advertising. It claims GCU was misleading about the cost of its doctoral programs as well as being a nonprofit. The agency also alleges the school used deceptive and abusive telemarketing practices towards prospective students. This comes after GCU was recently fined around 38 million dollars by the u.s department of education for similar claims i'm at mattinson wabc news time 522 the chancellor at the university of wisconsin at lacrosse has been fired for making porn videos with his wife university of wisconsin regents have voted to fire chancellor joe gow he was he was the longest serving chancellor at any universities of wisconsin school Gao and his wife filmed and distributed dozens of videos on several websites under the name Sexy Happy Couple. Gao didn't deny it. He says he never used any university time, money, equipment, or office space in making the videos. The couple also has a YouTube channel where they cook healthy dishes with professional porn actors as guests. I'm Wendy Wild. Okay. Another busy travel day underway as uh, people start to return home from Christmas in Pompano Beach, Florida, where so many people, of course, went for the holidays, Florida. Uh, uh, reporter Marissa Parra says many flights have been delayed over the last 24 hours. South Florida, between Fort Lauderdale and Miami, is leading the delays along with Charlotte in that front. And we know that we're expecting delays at other airports around the country. Meanwhile, AAA recommending drivers to hit the roads sooner rather 
rather than later as they'll get more clogged as the weekend comes. 115 million people expected to take to the roads across the holidays. And so we also know, according to AAA, that this is one of the worst days to travel, especially 2 p.m. to 8 p.m. So my best advice to you if you're taking to the roads is to leave before that if you can or after that. Losing weight, uh, the furthest thing from a lot of people's mind as they think about their New Year's resolutions. Usually, losing weight is the number one item. As 2023 closed out, uh, talking to New Yorkers who uh, have their wishes for 2023, here are some of them. I hope that the country doesn't fall apart because of the politics. That's, That's a big I, one. Yeah, you know what? I hope that we come together again as Americans yeah. and just have a conversation. Who yeah. cares if you're right or wrong? No one's, oh, you can't say that. A lot of people talking about the fighting between Israel and Hamas. They say they wish that would end the war in Ukraine. They wish that were over. Uh, the political landscape across the U.S. turbulent. A lot of people telling uh, us that they want that fixed as well. I'm a Republican because my wife is a Republican. I'm a Democrat. OK, but the country needs a voice that people need to get behind Someone is going to start talking about what really this country needs as opposed to telling us what we need. Yeah, a lot of people who were in Times Square yesterday were saying they did not like the prospect of next year's election. Donald Trump versus Joe Biden didn't like either of the candidates and wish there was somebody else. We're not Democrat or Republican anymore. We're American, actually. Exactly. And that's that's a huge distinction. I'm, I'm, Nowadays, that's a huge distinction. I'm a Republican. Okay. As uh, many people will make their New Year's resolutions to get back to the gym, New Jersey lawmakers are trying to make it easier for them to cancel their gym membership. State Senator Gordon Johnson is one of the bill sponsors who says it should be just as easy to leave the gym as it is to sign up for one, especially if the original sign-up process took place online. Opponents say they're mainly concerned with ensuring the industry does not start getting treated like an online subscription service. It's currently waiting to be signed by Governor Murphy, who is currently on vacation through the new year. New Harvard research finds some low-carb diets may actually make you gain a few pounds and might not be a good idea if you're looking to weigh uh, lose weight in the new year. A new study out this week looked at results from over 120,000 adults across several decades. It found those on low-carb diets that emphasize healthy fats and plant-based proteins have a better chance of keeping off excess weight, while those on low-carb diets that include meat and unhealthy fats gained an average of 5 pounds over 4 years. The senior author of the study says the key takeaway is that not all low-carb diets are created equal when it comes to managing weight in the long term. I'm Mark Mayfield. Former President Trump denying claims that he bullied his way into appearing in the 1992 film Home Alone 2. In a recent interview, the film's director, Chris Columbus, said Trump begged him to make a cameo in the movie. The scene takes place in New York's Plaza Hotel, which Trump owned at the time. Excuse me, where's the lobby? Down the hall and to the left. Thanks. Columbus claims he was only allowed to film in the plaza if Trump was given a scene in the movie. Trump this week saying in a post on Truth Social, nothing could be further from the truth. James Flippin for 77 WABC News. All right, so how much are you willing to pay to watch the ball drop in Times Square? You know, like a package that includes dinner and then the ball drop? Well... Applebee's was the cheapest one we could find. There's an Applebee's smack in the middle of Times Square with a great view if you want to see the ball drop. They're charging, well, now I heard it's $800 per person to uh, 
get a menu and, you know, it's bottomless salad and pasta options and they say high-end food and liquor, uh, but 650 bucks a person to watch on uh, New Year's Eve. Uh, other packages we found, uh, twelve uh, $6,000 per person. So if you're a couple, um, $12,000 to stay at the Marriott Marquis. They call it a prime couples package. You uh, get to be in that Broadway lounge when the clock strikes midnight and the ball drops. You get a hotel room as well, endless food, endless liquor. Uh, AMC 42nd Street Movie Theater, they're trying something out. They have a patio in the back that faces Times Square that you could see the ball drop. So um, they're not going to show any movies, but you have uh, uh, you know fr- uh, open bar. Endless food, $500 per person if you want to watch the ball drop from the AMC 42nd Street Theater on New Year's Eve. I myself, I will, well, I won't be sitting at home. My kid's going off to Europe on New Year's Eve, so I guess I have something to do, but I won't be paying $6,000 a uh, a ticket to go watch the ball drop. Seems a little excessive. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me. Good morning. It is Friday, December 29th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Sun clouds today warmer than it should be. High 56. Saturday, partly cloudy, high 48. And then Sunday for New Year's Eve day, uh, sun and clouds, high 47. When that ball drops, it's going to be awfully nice in Times Square if you're planning on heading over there. We'll start this half hour out on Long Island with this uh, real case of a sicko that they need to find right away. Nassau County SPCA offering $5,000 reward for information that leads to an arrest and a conviction after a dog there was stabbed 17 times. Cornell, a two-year-old terrier mix, was found injured and bleeding on Washburn Avenue in Freeport. The Nassau County DA, Ann Donnelly, says she's just blown away by this crime. If you've seen Cornell in someone's backyard... If you've been anywhere where you think you have seen this dog, I ask you to call my animal crimes hotline. Yeah, the amazing part of this story is Cornell is still here, but he can't tell us his story because he's a dog. The woman who found Cornell brought him to a nonprofit no-kill organization shelter in Hempstead, but his injuries were so severe they could not treat him. So they brought him to a veterinarian hospital in Farmingdale. And miraculously, they brought this dog back to life. Cornell can't tell us his story. He can't tell us what happened. He can't tell us why or when something like this happened to him. We just know he was found bleeding from these 17 wounds. Yeah, so uh, they showed off the dog during a press conference yesterday. Nassau County's DA Uh, is asking anyone with information to call the Animal Crimes Hotline. That $5,000 reward is yours if you're able to find the person who was involved in this really sick attack. And, of course, there's fears that if someone's attacking animals, more than likely they're willing to attack people as well. 17 times is unbelievable to do to a person, never mind a dog. People who commit crimes like this against animals can be very dangerous 
also to people. We need to find out who did this to Cornell. Yeah, we do. I mean, what kind of sicko stabs a dog 17 times? The good part of the story is the dog's still alive, and no doubt somebody will adopt him. WABC News Time 537. Let's go out to Seaford, Long Island. Michael Califano, a third-grade teacher at Maria Regina School, says he was told this week that he'd been fired from the school, a place, uh, a school that he had attended as a kid, a place where he's a parishioner, and he says he was told that he was out of a job as that third-grade teacher for living a lifestyle that wasn't Catholic. I kind of was hoping this morning when I woke up that it was all a bad dream. I was told that I had violated guidelines that I had signed in the handbook that stated about living a Catholic lifestyle and to which I did not feel that I had violated, but to them I did. Yeah, as you heard Califano uh, saying he's still in shock. He says uh, if they told him he could come back tomorrow, he would. Somebody had sent in some pictures of my boyfriend and I, and it escalated from there. California saying, uh, telling News 12 he's not sure where the firing leaves him in terms of being a parishioner now at the church. I didn't think that this would happen in 2023, even in the Catholic Church, because I attend this church every Sunday. Like I said, I've been a parishioner here and a member of this community Forever. Yeah, I saw on Facebook this morning there's a, a big petition going around. Lots of students and teachers who are currently at the school, Marina Regina School in Seaford, have signed it. They say that this teacher should not be let go. A sad day. I felt like it was a kind of a witch hunt. Um, this gentleman teaches in the school, is beloved by all the students and, and the parents. He did a great job, goes above and beyond. He was an amazing teacher. He had a great relationship with all of his students. Um, he helped my daughter through her school anxiety last year and got her to a much better place. He's a, the best teacher I know. Like, he made me a new person this year. Reached out to the Diocese of Rockville Center to get some comment on this, but they said they do not comment publicly on personnel matters. While we're out on Long Island, it has been, and I told you this yesterday, there have been so many fires on Long Island. Firefighters say they really haven't seen anything like this. There was always an uptick this time of year as the Christmas trees go up in flames, people bring out portable heaters, that kind of thing, but it's been... Uh, over the top bad over the last week or so. So many fires. There was another one uh, yesterday. Eight families displaced uh, after this fire raced through the Acorn Ponds condominiums. This woman lives in the complex. Someone called me and said, Fran, you better get out here. We ran out and there was tons of smoke coming out from this house over there. We could, I couldn't get back. I couldn't hardly even walk. Smoke poured out of the ground floor garage underneath several units. They brought in about 100 firefighters from three departments. They spent a couple hours putting out the flames. The good news here is nobody was hurt. When you have a fire of this magnitude under uh, occupied space, uh, we're just very happy that nobody was hurt. Um, Property can be replaced. uh, Lives can't. Yeah, 20 residents unable to return home last night. It's not clear if and when they will be able to go back to their homes. Let's bring it back into the city at 541. Beginning today, the new rules for bus companies bringing migrants to New York City go into effect. Members of the mayor's senior staff uh, clarifying how it will be enforced. The four-page executive order that was issued Wednesday by Mayor Adams requires a minimum of a 32-hour notice uh, from these buses coming from the U.S.-Mexico border. 
uh, a designated email address. It restricts uh, drop-offs to just the Port Authority Monday to Friday from 8.30 a.m. to noon. So today is the first day this rule goes into effect. And City Hall making it very clear yesterday that they're going to enforce these rules uh, with fines and even potentially confiscating buses. Here is the city's lawyer. It's no different than enforcement as to any other law. Everyone's expected to comply with the order, and if they don't, the NYPD is charged with enforcement. Now, I don't know exactly what that enforcement will mean, but they say they're serious about this. In response, Texas Governor Greg Abbott's office issuing a written statement that says they're blaming New York, says they're going to extreme lengths to avoid fulfilling their self-declared sanctuary city promises. Uh, But Mayor Adams, chief of staff, says, um, no, they're uh, fulfilling those duties, but that Texas is not following the rules in terms of how the buses arrive and giving New York City the notice it needs to take care of the migrants who do arrive here. There was a period of time where we were in better coordination with some of the bus companies. They would reach out to us and they would give us information. Since Texas has consolidated those operations and they are now handling it, we no longer have that flow of information. All right, so today's the first day of enforcement. What that means, I don't know yet. We'll follow and, of course, report back to you. With holiday travel in full swing, MTA bridges and tunnels in New York are on track for what is a record-setting year. The agency says it is set to record 335 million crossings through the five boroughs by the end of the year. That's up from its 2019 record of uh, 330 million. The agency first started operating in 1937 when it recorded 18 and a half million crossings. Of course, that was a long time ago. MTA Bridges and Tunnels president says since cashless tolling was implemented, average daily traffic has increased by 7% and customer travel time, they say, has been substantially reduced. But if you're one of those people waiting outside those bridges and tunnels, you may disagree with that. Up to the uh, Hudson Valley, Congressman Mike Lawler's office in Pearl River, the target of vandalism over his support of Israel and its war against Hamas. Uh, stickers were found outside of the Blue Hill Plaza building where Lawler's office is located. The messages on the stickers called for a ceasefire and attacked Lawler. Here he was responding. Uh, the escalation of rhetoric uh, manifesting itself in defacing uh, government offices, uh, you know, is, is severely uh, wrong and unfortunate, um, and it's not solving the challenge here. The Republican congressman does not know who's responsible. He says um, he doesn't change his mind about his support for Israel. No, not in the least. In fact, uh, all it does is strengthen my resolve and my support for Israel. Now, there have been other attacks in the Hudson Valley. Uh, congressman Pat Ryan's office. Uh, he has an office in Newburgh. It was vandalized. His office was covered with spray paint and messages that read war criminal and ceasefire now. And then we had Richie Torres up in the Bronx. Remember, he put out that uh, baby Jesus style in front of his office for Christmas, and it was covered in red paint by pro-Palestinian supporters uh, as well. No arrests in any of these cases. But uh, Congressman Lawler says he has reported his incident to Capitol Police and Capitol Police telling us they are investigating. All right, 5.45, time for 77 WABC Sports with Noam Layden. All right, thank you very much. Uh, Give me that music, uh, Diego. Uh Uh-oh. I'm going to start anyway. How about that? The Browns have punched their ticket to the NFL postseason after a 37-20 beatdown of the Jets on 
Thursday night football last night. Joe Flacco, he lit up his former team for 309 yards, three touchdowns, and one interception. New York now third in the AFC, which was kind of meaningless because they're not going to the playoffs, but 6-10. and ten, They'll visit the Patriots in the regular season finale next week. The Giants appear to be relatively healthy entering week 17. Defensive lineman Dexter uh, Lawrence, cornerback Deontay Banks, and offensive lineman Justin Pugh all going to play come Sunday. New York is third in the NFC East at 5-10. and 10. Again, pointless because they're not going to the playoffs. They'll host the Rams Sunday afternoon at MetLife Stadium. The Knicks have dropped two of their last three games. New York continues its three-game road trip anyway. It visits Orlando Magic tonight, open for a win. The Nets will be looking to bounce back when they visit the Wizards tonight. The Rangers are in the Sunshine State. They take on the Panthers in Sunrise. Islanders hoping to bounce back from their worst loss of the season. They were just blown out by the Penguins on Wednesday, 7-0. to zip. The Isles are hosting the Capitals tonight at the UBS Arena. And Rutgers, they closed out the season on a really high note, actually, taking down Miami 31-24 to win the Bad Boy Mowers Pinstripe Bowl up at Yankee Stadium, which is always a very fun event. That's Noam Layden, 77 WABC Sports. All right, let's get you up on the big stories of the morning. Nine people injured, including several NYPD cops, after a man stole a box truck in New Jersey, led police on what was a wild and really destructive chase through Staten Island last night, ramming into more than a dozen cars in the process. The 48-year-old initially stole a W.B. Mason paper truck in New Jersey, uh, was spotted in a number of places in the Garden State till he took off for Staten Island. Cops were alerted and started looking for him there. Uh, officers say they uh, saw that um, not only did he get in that truck and drive around Staten Island, but at one point he stole two other cars and then got back into the box truck. We don't know what that was all about. The officers first spotted him at Bishop Street and Cranford Avenue in the Stapleton section. We attempted to stop him. He put his vehicle in reverse and struck one of our police cars. As he tried to drive away, he dragged the police car, I would say, about 30 to 40 feet before it detached. Police then gave chase for nearly five miles, spanning two police precincts. The driver rammed at least 18 vehicles with the truck, including three police cars during this odyssey of just complete destruction through the streets of Staten Island. Officers at one point calling for aviation support so they could start closing off streets and bridges to slow down traffic so nobody would run into this dope. At some point, the driver of this WB Mason truck, we don't know a whole lot about him yet this morning, he, uh, in this chase, lost control of his truck, plowed into a row of parallel parked cars on Van Dusen Avenue near Beach Street. This woman who lives in the neighborhood heard the crash. It was really loud. It was just a loud crashing noise, and all we just saw was the chaos, and they said that it was a it was turning into a crime scene at that very moment, like all the cop cars were in every direction. Yeah, we were watching the surveillance video here in the newsroom this morning. It shows the domino of destruction when the delivery truck flew out of control, slammed into this row of parked cars. He then bails from the truck, uh, goes running, but the cops caught him. So four officers and at least five civilians suffered minor injuries. They're telling us very minor, which is good news. Everybody's safe. Everybody's okay. So it's like you got to look at it in the upside. None of those people were hurt. 
And um, at the end of the day, the cops did their job. They made sure that they kept everyone safe and that they secured this area and that they also apprehended the, the person who did, created all this mess. All right, so the big question you and I both have is, what the hell was he thinking and why was he doing this? We don't know anything about that. We just know that a slew of charges are pending against him. As more information, of course, comes into the newsroom, we will pass that on to you. Maybe you saw this last night, Maine's top election official removing former President Trump from the state's 2024 Republican primary ballot. Maine Secretary of State Shenna Bellows made that decision Thursday, saying in a statement that Trump was aware of the likelihood for violence and that he encouraged it with incendiary rhetoric and took no timely action to stop it on January the 6th, 2021. Trump will almost certainly appeal the decision, with it likely being taken up by the Supreme Court. Colorado is the only other state to rule Trump off its primary ballot, although the state Supreme Court's decision was stayed following an appeal this week. I'm Mark Mayfield. All right, let's go overseas. A second American has died. Uh, There are conflicting stories. If this was a woman who had actually been taken hostage by Hamas or somebody who may have died on October 7th, but we don't know who she is, Judy Haggai. There are still 129 Israelis being held by Hamas in Gaza. We are uh, moving our operations forward in order to bring the hostages home, every last one of them. That's Israeli Defense Force Lieutenant uh, Peter Lerner. Uh, Judy Haggai was originally from Goshen, actually, up in the Hudson Valley. She moved to Israel 30 years ago. Governor Hochul putting out a statement says her heart is with the family, uh, both here in New York and abroad. The Israeli Defense Force Lieutenant Peter Lerner says this is the reason Israel's still at war, to hopefully bring hostages home. We are moving forward against their strong strongholds, whether they're uh, tunnel systems, their positions um, throughout the Gaza Strip. Judy's death comes after her husband was pronounced dead last week. We are utilizing all of our intelligence capabilities, all of our operational capabilities, in order to create the operational opportunity to bring home hostages safe and sound. Yeah, so the dual Israeli-American couple, they were on their morning walk when they were taken prisoner by Hamas during the October 7th attack on Israel. The war between Israel and Hamas raging on in the Gaza Strip. Jay Gray, a reporter, says the offense expanding outside of Gaza City. The IDF now saying it is targeting some of the refugee camps in that area, calling the areas, quote, a new battlefield. Yeah, and there's worries now that Israel is going to be fighting on a number of fronts as Hezbollah fighters have been launching rockets into the north of Israel. Hamas has mingled in amongst those who have left their homes for an area that they were told would be safe and now must find somewhere else to go. The fighting is very intense in very densely populated urban areas, and uh, the IDF says that they will continue this effort for as long as necessary. They have indeed killed a senior Hamas military leader. They haven't said who at this point, and that they've hit more than 100 targets. This coming as thousands of Palestinians are fleeing Israel's growing ground defense in the southern and central parts of Gaza. Most of Gaza's population has been displaced. More than a half million people are currently facing starvation, according to the United Nations. Republican candidate Nikki Haley clarifying those comments she made about the civil war this week. She was asked a question about what she thought led to the civil war. This was during a Q&A during a town hall up in New Hampshire. We know the civil war was about slavery, but it was also more than that. 
Haley facing widespread criticism after failing to mention slavery as the cause of the war during that town hall. During a radio interview yesterday, she said, of course, the Civil War was about slavery. Individual liberties, freedom for every single person. That should be the goal of what we always try and take away from that. But we always want to remember the lesson of what it means to be a free individual and that everyone deserves to be a free individual. WABC News Time 555. Let's bring it back home. Authorities in New York City stepping up enforcement initiatives to crack down on drunk driving and speeding ahead of New Year's holiday. There's always the dopes out there who will do this. NYPD says it's very easy to party without having to drive home afterwards. Whether it's a yellow or a green cab, whether it's a community car service or a for hire vehicle like Uber and Lyft, you have 100,000 options in New York City. You know, last year, Police say 10 people were killed in crashes on New York City streets just during the last four days of the year. They don't want a repeat of that, of course. The public invited yesterday to Times Square to get rid of bad memories from 2023 as the year winds down. It's the annual Good Riddance Day event, which I've covered in years past. is always a lot of fun. ton of people showing up yesterday to get rid of bad things that happened during uh, 2023. To be able to walk away from this event clean of that specific thing so that 2024 can be the best year ever. Bills, negative energy, unemployment, uh, health issues, and I could keep going. Yeah, it sounds like a lot. So in years past, they people would write down the worst thing that happened to them or the terrible things that happened in 2023. And then they would rip up all of those notes and use them as the confetti that rained down on people in Times Square on New Year's Eve. But then the thought was, why are we raining down bad thoughts on the people who are in Times Square? So they're not going to do that this year. But people showed up at the Good Riddance Festival anyway. This year, with you know so many deaths and everything, you just never know. So just always love on your friends, love on your family. Just starting afresh, you know, making sure that 2024 is just a good year overall, saying goodbye to self-doubt and any anxiety whatsoever, just turning the page. All right. Sounds like good advice.